Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of Rock and Talk with Dak. Today I give my review on the Killers' new album, Imploding the Mirage. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome once again friends and family. I hope everyone is doing well. We're going to dive right on in. So the Killers released their highly anticipated sixth studio album, Imploding the Mirage, last Friday, and despite what I originally wrote, after a few listens, I love it. I will say, when I first listened to it, of course, I was listening to it in the car, so that didn't help much. But I was unsure of how I felt about it, unsure of what was going on. Um, and I felt this way about their last album, too, uh, Wonderful Wonderful, from 2017. You know, I remember on that album, you know, first two or three singles I listened to, absolutely loved them, but the album as a whole was a bit hard to digest at first. Uh, but much like with Imploding the Mirage, after subsequent listens, you know, it's turned out to be one of my favorite albums. Um, but including the Mirage, I think may just go ahead and give Wonderful Wonderful a run for its money. So let's go ahead and talk about it. First off, how about that title, Imploding the Mirage? My first thought when they announced the title, I believe it was November when they had announced it, was literally the Mirage Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. And I think my literal thinking may have actually led somewhere, however. So the original hotel casino that was where the Mirage is now, I think it was called the Outcast or something like that. It was demolished to allow something newer, something sleeker to, to rise up. And after listening to the album a few times, I think that title actually lends a little bit. It's a bit of a reinvention for the band, um, especially when you consider some of the stuff that was going on during, uh, well, I guess maybe before recording, perhaps. So prior to recording, uh, Brandon Flowers, he'd been living in Vegas for a long time, but he moved to Utah. Um, and, and fun fact, part of the album was actually recorded in Park City. But I think even more jarring is that this is the first album of theirs entirely without um, their lead guitarist, Dave Koenig. I think he was also a co-founding member. Not only that, but their original bassist, too, Mark Stoner, he only had, what, four or five contributions on the album this time around. Needless to say, the band is a bit different than where they were and when they started 17 years ago. And I think the title, Imploding the Mirage, hints at those changes not just with the band itself, but also the kind of sound that's going on. Uh, but thinking on a little bit more, you know, kind of taking a little a literal definition of those words in mind, you know, kind of loosely translated as uh, collapsing the illusion. And again, listening to the album, I think there's this overall theme of breaking down walls, kind of lifting ourselves up from, from inner turmoil, and I guess maybe not being afraid to expose ourselves emotionally. In fact, Flowers has songs on both Wonderful, Wonderful and Imploding the Mirage that deal with his wife's PTSD and depression. But instead of the doom and gloom that was present on Wonderful, Wonderful, uh, Mirage is a much more freeing and uplifting take on those challenges. And before I get to the music, I also have to talk about the artwork. I love, love, love that they picked a singular artist to work with. And that's really given the album and all of its singles this cohesive vision visually they worked with uh, the artist Thomas Blackshear, and he's very heavily influenced by Western uh, America. And most of the art came from earlier works. But I think they actually wound up, uh, commissioned him to do a new piece of art. I think the cover for Dying Breed single uh, with the horse, um, I think that was a new piece. Um, and every single one of those pieces of art is just strikingly beautiful, uh, just as the music that it represents. That said, on to the music itself. This is the most feature-heavy Killers album to date. 
not only with the two uh, feature tracks, um, they have some vocalists that come on, but also with the production team behind the album. But it never feels foreign, and it never it's never overproduced, surprisingly. Um, one thing that you'll definitely notice, obviously, without uh, Kooning there, you miss that signature Killers guitar sound that's been present for most of their time together as a band. But it really didn't hinder the sound. It was an opportunity for them to create something a little bit different. So you have the synthesizer start to creep in a little bit more, and you have the bass come in much more heavier. It's a lot, really, the rhythm section is what drives the album. Uh, but it's still the killers through and through, and I love that. And I think that's also in part to Brandon Flowers as the lead singer. Um, I think that just lends to his songwriting ability. So let's go through from the top and work our way down. My Own Soul's Warning, it kicks off the album, and it's a great opener. And it, for me, it gives off some Springsteen vibes. And really, that's kind of something that carries through this album, is kind of that heartland rock. And that's something that goes back to Sam's Town from 2006. Uh, then we have Blowback, again, that heartland rock kind of feel. And I absolutely love these ethereal harmonies that close out the last part of the song on Blowback. And it may be one of the uh, people that's featured on the song later. Um, I, I think she may be singing in there, but it's just absolutely beautiful. Dying Breed. This is the first song that I noticed just how long it takes to build up. And that actually happens quite a bit on this album. Um, but it's so worth it. I mean, really, the song doesn't get bombastic until halfway through when the when the drums come in and everything's just turned up to 11 on it. Um, and it's kind of funny. I always give bands credit when they can just end a song, just like in the middle of music or whatever. It just cuts. It just ends. I absolutely love that. Um, on to Caution. Caution was the first single of the album came out uh, I believe March beginning of closer beginning of the year and it was perfect you know looking back at kind of the the themes of the album that carry through caution set up the album so perfectly um, this is one of the albums that does have a feature on it um, not listed like next to the song title like you normally see but it was a person who wound up playing guitar on the album and that is well formerly Fleetwood Mac's own uh, Lindsey Buckingham uh, he came in and played, I know he played the guitar solo on there. And speaking of guitar, um, after the choruses, there's this acoustic guitar that sprinkles the uh, instrumental sections. And I just absolutely love it. There's another song that has that too. Um, Fire and Bone, maybe? I don't remember what song it is, but that acoustic guitar, just absolutely love. There's also a lyrical callback. Um, Never had a diamond on the soles of her shoes. Obviously a nod to diamonds on the soles of her shoes from Paul Simon back in uh, mid to late 80s. So I love the, the little 80s callbacks. And that's another thing. You listen to this album, it is like, I wouldn't say quintessential 80s, but there's a lot of 80 callbacks musically and you know, even some lyrical nods as well. Then we get into Lightning Fields, and this is um, Katie Ling is a vocalist featured on this track. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful song. And I think it's probably the song that really fits the album artwork the most. And what I really love about it is the chorus. It's kind of sung in two parts um, and sung two times. The first part of singing, it's just flowers. And then the second part, it kind of repeats the same lines, arranges them a little differently, but it is a full on, it's, Katie Lang flower singing along with the choir 
and it's just bombastic. It's so f beautiful and fun, and it's going to be one of those I can't wait to hear live. Next up is Fire and Bone. I think this is a bit of a standout on the album in the sense that it's definitely the most electronic. Most 80s, for sure. Um, kind of like what I was speaking to earlier, um, without Koenig's guitar in there, the rhythm section really takes the lead on this song. Uh, but it's fun. I like it because it is so different, and it definitely makes it stand out for sure. And I think in terms of singing and lyrics going on, Flowers is going for, is singing-wise, this David Byrne kind of uh, talk singing on this one. And what I like with that delivery is that with each verse, um, his voice and his delivery goes from this little bit weary kind of a narrator through the song to becoming a little bit more confident, becoming a little bit more clear by the end of the song. I love hearing that, that transition vocally, how that goes through. Um, and then there, I think this is one of those songs that there's a line that really sticks out to me. Um, after all that I took from you, after all that I put you through, and the way that Flower sings that is just, <clears throat> I, I love that. The next song, I don't have a whole lot to say. I mean, I, I love, absolutely dig it, uh, Running Towards a Place. And I love that the music implies that running. There's a sense of urgency to be running somewhere, or at least running from something. And again, that feeds into that theme of just kind of letting go of our old selves kind of a deal. And then we get to what it has to be my favorite song on the album, at least right now, um, is My God, and this features Wade's Blood. And I haven't really, li I haven't listened to anything of hers before, but her voice is just so perfect for this song. So the chorus is just this perfect anthemic sing-along killer's I mean, it's Flowers doing what Flowers does best for the killers, and I can't wait for it to be played live. I mean, heck, I hope it's actually played live. When when she sings, when Wei sings on the bridge, she sings this so angelic, so beautifully, and her and Flowers' voices match perfect when they sing together. It's, again, I can't, I mean, beautiful is just <laughs> the term I have to use for the song. Um, but this is one of the songs that I think definitely speaks to uh, Flowers' wife's PTSD. Um, for those of you who don't know, she was very unhappy uh, living in Vegas for, for that time, and that's kind of what led to her depression, and in essence, what led to Wonderful, Wonderful as an album in the first place. And it's something that's talked about on there. And I think the song speaks to actually leaving Vegas. The line, my God, look who's back in business, referring to her newfound happiness and really her as a person, just seeing how different she is not being in that place anymore that was bringing her such distress. And I love that sentiment. And again, with those vocals on there, and this song is like nothing but chorus. The verses are kind of fun. It's a little bit, a little bit of the somber, haunting kind of string. Uh, I think it's electronic strings in there. But it just sets up the chorus so well, and it makes it a big chorus. Again, one of those songs I can't wait to hear live. When the Dreams Run Dry, um, this definitely, for me anyway, it gives off some Peter Gabriel vibes. and Not just in the musical elements, but there's also some uh, lines that just the way Flowers delivers them uh, reminds me of some some of Gabriel singing. It's, it's a fun one. And... I think, you know, I don't like to talk trash too much on albums, but I think it would have made a better ending song than Imploding the Mirage, the title track. 
And I, I think, you know, after listening to it a few times, I think it is the weakest song. And what's bizarre is like up until the very end, it sounds like an ending song. And it's not what ruins it for me in terms of why I think it's the weakest song. But it just kind of drops off. There's just kind of these drums at the end. It's just like boom, 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 boom. And then done. That's the album. I think When the Dreams Run Dry would have made a better ending song. But what is fun about it, I like the, um, it kind of sounds like some of Flowers' solo work, uh, particularly from The Desired Effect, which is a fantastic album, by the way. I'd, I'd go check it out. Um, and the chorus is fun. Um, you know, the line, I was uploading the mirage. It's, it's, it's fun. I like it. It's, it's a very uplifting track. So final thoughts. Hot take. I think Brandon Flowers is a very, very underrated, not only singer, but a songwriter too. And this album is, it's him doing what he does best. As Where Wonderful, Wonderful was a lot more personal album that touched on the doom and gloom of his life and his wife's life at the time. It was kind of a shared moment in between those two. And that album was, I guess, kind of them working through that. So it was where you had that, including the Mirage it's uplifting. It's a hopeful journey um, that's for everyone. I love that. Every chorus is big, and it's it sounds like the entire album should be played live. It just has that big sound to it. Um, even though I, it, it never sounds overproduced, but it has such a clean production, clean sounds on everything. I, I love it. And, and what's funny about that, you know, for things being so big, the killer's before they usually have a little bit of nuance to the music and the kind of juxtaposition that I love this time around is that those nuanced kind of things, they get said loud. And of course it wouldn't be the killers without some goofy lyrics and some biblical references. But of course, I mean, over 17 years, that's never detracted from the body of their work. And musically it's everything that's come to define the killers um, genre wise heartland rock new wave indie pop rock hints of country you name it all that said go give it a listen and let me know what you think i love it it's definitely going to be one of my top albums from them and it's a bit of a return to form albeit a little bit more mature but i can't wait to see what they come up with next in fact i think flower said that they're already working on next album for next year so i'm excited for that Alrighty, everyone. Thank you for joining me on Rock and Talk with Dak. If you'd like today's episode, please make sure to comment, like, subscribe, or go out and tell a friend. It all helps to get these episodes out to more music fans like yourselves. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter where I post updates and have a song of the day. As always, this presentation is made possible by listeners like you. So thank you for your support. And remember, yesterday is not ours to recover, but tomorrow is ours to win or lose. See you next time.